Hello, everyone. We are back. We're back. Did you miss us? I think so. I think we're going to get at least one. At least one person missed us. Probably my mom. They were probably <laughs> sitting around the YouTube all day last week waiting. Oh, are they going to upload and go live? And then they were disappointed. We probably ruined someone's day. I know. I'm so sorry. We'll make up for it with an extra good one today. How's yes, that? Yes, an extra good one, unlike the other ones that were just mediocre. Extra mediocre ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one that's good yeah so we're back and we're bruised and ashley's feeling good her eyes feeling good my eyes feeling better they took my stitch out because it wasn't dissolving enough in my eyeball so um it no longer feels like a huge eyelash stuck in my eyeball so it's more comfortable it's still quite red in the corner um if you can see but i still have to wear glasses for another few weeks because the surface of the white part of my eye is uneven it's almost like a Almost like a wet scab, like it's uneven. Oh, really? Yeah, so I can't wear contacts yet, but maybe in a few weeks I can wear my contacts again. But for now, I'm I'm uh, wearing my glasses. But you can lift now. I right? can lift. I'm back to normal, training yeah. back to normal Good now. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, and I had my surgery, so we're beat up in here, all beat up and, yeah. you know, crusty in the soft season. <laughs> <laughs> crusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started. I wake right. up with eye crusties. Do you? Just in this eye. Really? Oh, because of that. Because yeah. surgery. Okay. <laughs> still healing. That's right. So, yeah, so my surgery went good, guys. Uh, Monday, I was, um, you know what? I got to admit. So I, I, so, I was on a little bit of painkillers and I was trying to figure out how to like drive. Um, so, but I'm good. But on Monday, we just didn't end up making it because I had to go to the doctor on Monday. So that's why we didn't do the podcast Monday because we both had doctor's appointments actually at the same, the same day. But I will say, um, I did the painkillers for like three, two days, three days. And I'm very disappointed. I was very disappointed. I was expecting, cause I'd never done drugs, you know, I've never done any, like, what are they called? Um, people that they choose to do them. What are they called? Elective drugs though? Like, mm. what are they called? Like, uh, they do like, they call them something like you just do them Probably. recreational. Oh, is it okay. recreational? So <laughs> I've never done any. So I'm like, okay, this is my one excuse to try like a painkiller. And people are like, ruining their lives over painkillers you know so i'm thinking this is going to be crazy this is going to be like a really cool experience like i'm going to have like <laughs> like a hallucinogen like hallucinogen or something i don't know what i'm experience nothing oh like it just kills the pain i'm like what's going on <laughs> so like i could go off of it any time did it make you drowsy though because you said you slept a little more i just than went usual. from having pain to not having pain <clears throat> yeah well maybe it, i guess it. maybe it reacts differently to different people yeah i don't know i was expecting because i know people do them like as fun and so not just like people avoiding pain, but just people just do them as fun. I was like, I got nothing, not even nothing. I was yeah. like, I YouTubed it, everything. I was like, what am I going to experience? Like, this is going to be so cool because I'm so scared of it, you uh -huh. know? And um, I wanted to get off as fast as I can because I was afraid of like being addicted to it too. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to enjoy it. Though. I wanted it was going to be something cool. I could justify it. <laughs> so, so, so boring. <laughs> well, Lisa took care of the pain. Yeah, I'm good now, guys. So I'm, uh, I'm casted and um, I'm, I'm healing really fast. I'm healing faster than expected. So uh, I'm taking a bunch of different things for it. A lot of doctors are helping me out with like a special, I think I'm taking close to 12 things for my recovery, mm -hmm. which is crazy. It was like, I'm getting the same treatment as if you were like a, a like an NFL guy I think would get. Like it's mm -hmm. crazy how much it's, but it's dramatically helping the speed. Um, they didn't even put me in that hard like um, immobilizer cast. Uh -huh. And so, yeah. So my fingers are already moving. So yeah, I'm good to go, guys. You I'll can't be here soon. clap yet, though. No. Yes, a clap like this. Yeah, I gotta be careful. I can't do any exercise or anything, and so. But I think I'll be ready for. I think I can be ready. I think I'll be ready soon. So, so you took you took um, 
time off from the gym. So now you're just doing legs now? Legs. Legs only. It's men's wellness. Men's wellness. And then the week of your surgery, were you able to work out or no? No. Oh, no. the week of. Yeah, I worked out all the way until the day of surgery. So. No, I meant the, sorry, after. Oh, no, I just following. started cardio. Uh, they said I could walk two days after cardio, like treadmill. Uh -huh. And it was like brutal pain the next day, oh, like just the moving. Yeah. And now I'm doing cardio again and stuff. So I'm doing cardio and legs and I'm good to go. So that's Heck all I yeah. can do. Yeah. Hey, I'm not worried about the muscle though. The muscle comes back quick. Everyone's mm -hmm. so worried about losing muscle and deloading. And it's it right. Your dominant arm too. Yeah. That so you're already does, using that more anyway. Yeah. That does suck. So it'll probably catch up more though. It'll, <laughs> it'll catch up faster. I'm sure yeah. say, just from your use in daily life. I even used chopsticks with my left hand yesterday. I'm getting oh. good. Yeah. Crazy. I was like, you know, I was like, I got to figure this out. Kimber keeps trying to like do things. I'm like, no, I got to figure this out. I got to do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm going to be ambidextrous. Is that what it's called? Ambidextrous? Mm -hmm. When by the time I'm done. So that's what's up. Yeah. Heck crazy. Yeah. So anyway, special thanks to all the doctors that have been uh, helping me out with this. This has been um, the best doctors are in Vegas. I didn't realize I didn't realize that. But there's so many athletes, performers um, in the in the in the fighting world, especially because Vegas is like capital of the world in fighting, mm -hmm. which I didn't. I guess I should have just put that together. Tons of specialists for that, for this type of injury. So mm. yeah, really cool. Interesting. So yeah, if you guys are hurt, guys, Vegas is a spot. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with that being said, uh, we're kind of both in this off season starting type of thing. I just started prep though. Yeah. Well, I just started prep. That's on the first timing for in season and off season discussions of dieting. Heck yeah. What a transition time. What a great transition. <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, differences of dieting of in season and off season. Um, all the differences between them, what you should expect. And then if you guys are watching live on YouTube, um, welcome to ask your questions along. This would be a good one for, for questions there. So go ahead and jump those in the comment section. So how are we starting this one off, Miss Ashley? In season or off season, which direction are we traveling? Let's first? start backwards and do off season. I think a lot of people are still in their off season right now uh, because the shows don't really start till March. But even then, most people like to wait a little bit longer. I find that most people like to prep for those summer shows, which makes sense. They like to just chill out in the wintertime. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the off-season diet. Now, I'm just coming off the off-season. I'm starting prep a little bit earlier than usual this time. Usually, I'll do like an eight-week prep and nothing like intense or anything like that. Kind of, you know, maintain close to uh, stage shape for the most part. But I know I, I was... I knew I was going to have to give myself a bit, a bit longer to prep this time because I do feel like I got a little bit softer than I usually do. I don't know my exact weight. I didn't like weigh myself recently, but I can just tell I'm a little softer than usual. And that's to be expected. I had to take time off from the gym. I was very sedentary during my eye surgery recovery um, and uh, take, taking time off from the gym, lack of movement, all that caused me to be a little bit softer than usual to be expected. So I'm starting prep a little bit earlier than this this time around, but I can say this last off season, my diet, you know, I kind of did a little bit of a intuitive eating, but also like with a macro limit in mind or a calorie limit in mind, I should say. So I didn't eat it first and foremost in the off season. I, I definitely don't eat when I'm not hungry. That's first and foremost. I think when we're in season, we're so used to being like, okay, I got to eat this meal around this time, this meal, this meal, this meal, right? And in season, it can make more sense. It keeps the consistency. But in the off season for me personally, and this is like a me thing, I don't like to eat when I'm not hungry because I feel like it can kind of 
cause you to maybe put on some unwanted fluff. And if I'm not hungry, you know, why eat if I have like a, I got some, some fluff already on me, you know what I mean? I'm stocked up. So I was very um, in tune kind of with like, am I actually hungry or am I bored? Because especially in the off season, especially in the winter time, when you're, when you're at home more than usual, uh, you can very easily bore to meet. So I tried not to do that so much. Um, and I, you know, probably would say I put a limit on my calories at 17 to 1800 calories in this off season. And I wouldn't really count my fats and carbs as much, but I always made sure I got in my protein. That's the most important. Whenever I have like a little layer of fluff, it's, I find that it's probably less important to make sure I'm getting like the carb macros because I'm already loaded with glycogen anyway. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, why, why push carbs when I'm got them in me already? They're, they're in my veins, <laughs> pumping through my veins. Yeah. And you're right. And so uh, when you look at that, and that's actually a good way of doing things, especially, you know, your protein's never really going to change dramatically, you know? So in your, in your off season, technically you would need a little bit, you could use a little bit less protein if you wanted to, because you have all the other calories and your body's not going to be wasting any protein. Right. It's going to have enough energy to use all the protein needs to build muscle and enough of that extra, those extra calories, um, to get you through the day. So there's no, not going to be any real issues of that. Um, so that's a good thing to have that option of, of playing with the macros and maybe having a few less fats one day, more fats one day, as long as the calories at the end of the day kind of add up. And this is still, you know, it's, it's still very simple. We were at a, a seminar yesterday, which was really fun. We had a good time. Thank you for uh, Sandy and, and Lisa for throwing that together. Patrick out in Vegas at an awesome seminar, but people were, so many people were asking questions about like, you know, different diets and different carb loading and this mm -hmm. and that. And I'm like, it's still really simple. You know, it's still just whether you're gaining um, or cutting, it's still the same thing. So if you're cutting for a show or cutting for a transformation, it's still eat less, move more. There's no like crazy big scientific description of how to get ready for a show. It's just dieting longer. It's just doing that for a longer period, you know? So transformation, really the only difference is transformation and, and cutting is those just dieting longer, right? So in the off season, it's, it's a similar thing. You're just eating at maintenance or just a tiny bit above maintenance, but not going over mm -hmm. um, where you're unnecessarily gaining body fat. So I'm glad you gave those cues of eat when, don't eat boredom eat. Yes. That gets very easy. Everyone. Yeah. Especially in the winter because yeah. it's like you're at home most of the time. You're like you, when it's like dark and cold, you're less likely to be like, yeah, I want to go out for a walk. It's yeah. like, you know, I just want to stay inside and watch TV. <laughs> so we, I think the other thing that's important to talk about in the off season is that you could see how much more freedom, how she's eating in the off season. She's adjusting her carbs and fats. She's macro dieting. I think off season. Absolutely. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Now, I will say if you're new to this and you're new to the fitness game, make sure you're ready for that. Ashley's been doing this forever so she can, you know, eyeball her food and get really close to mm -hmm. it. But if you're just trying to get and that was something that one of the one of the coaches said yes something yesterday too. I, I really liked that he said he said first live fitness for a while, like live it, understand it um, before you fully start a prep. And I think the off season is the perfect mm -hmm. time to kind of live it, understand it, stay within your fitness, you know, realm of dieting, not going crazy back to Oh, it's balance where you're just kind of justifying yeah. eating whatever you want to eat, you know, by saying I needed balance, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think that was a really good thing that he said. And he was just like, you know, just live fitness um, and and live the brand, you know, and I think that was great. So um, that would be a good time in the offseason. But yeah, macros. Absolutely. Have that freedom of switching out a macro meal. If you're in the offseason with a coach, 
And then look at like your targets of what you're trying to hit in the offseason and what you're trying to avoid in the offseason. So some of those targets could be your measurements. You know, you don't want to go up more than a quarter of an inch every two weeks in the offseason on your waist or on your hips. Um, you don't want the scale to go up more than X amount per week on your offseason. You know, no one's going to be gaining, no bikini competitors are going to be gaining one pound of pure muscle every single week. So if you're gaining one pound of weight every single week, you're probably gaining some body fat with that. So find to keep that in in range, you know. So just some markers that you should still be, you know, checking in and 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 whatnot. And you checked in uh, pretty much the entire time still. Not every week, but, but kept it in check. Kept it in check. Yeah. I tried to anyway. Yeah. And just to clarify too, I I didn't say do like a complete macro diet. I just made sure I hit the protein macro. Make made okay. sure I got my good proteins. Like good good proteins with uh, every meal kind yeah, of thing. So should clarify. It's yes, not, it's not like, like it's, an yeah. IFYM diet. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like <laughs> That was my only macro that I was really as concerned about, but I always gave myself a calorie limit. But a lot of times I would go under that too if I wasn't as hungry that day. You know what I mean? But um, I would also add to that, if you are a person that you know once you start eating things, you're going to get out of control, it's probably best not to do those types of dieting. And even in the off season, I would say have a little more structure to your diet right? Because if you give someone an inch, sometimes you take a mile. If you know you're one of those people that you're like, oh man, once I start, if I have the choice to eat whatever, I will go crazy. If you know that about yourself, it's best to keep it in check. I always like to say I'm not so much a foodie. So maybe that's a better idea for someone like me. And I don't really crave unhealthy things anyway. It's not like I was eating cookies or every day or anything like that. Um, but I had a wide variety of protein bars. I love me some protein bars and just had a little more fun with it in that way, but nothing too unhealthy, you know? Yeah. No, I would think that you, you knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> we, need a, we need a baseball hitting sound on that one. No, I think that you, you, you really nailed that one. Um, anything else we should be thinking about in the off season for people? I think it's just the measurements is what we talked about a little bit already. Right. Really do pay attention to that. I, I, I think that in the off season, a lot of times people will avoid, you know, doing too many measurements too. That's something that, um, you know, whether if you, if you want to avoid um, certain things, like maybe you want to avoid posing. Okay. I understand you want to avoid posing a little bit um, when you're in the off season, but your measurements would be something that would be something that's really critical for you to make sure that you're not eating too much and unnecessarily gaining body fat. Because what I don't want to see in the off season is someone exchanging weeks and I'll explain exchanging weeks because this is important as um coaching this is something that um you need to look at when you're gaining so you have to look at the year as a as a you know 12 month year how can I maximize this year and this is where almost everyone messes up they go in their off season and for every week of off season they're adding one week of dieting and I think that that's the wrong way of going about it because if you do that then you're going to spend 6 months out of the year dieting and 6 months out of the year kind of gaining I like to not ever make that exchange if I can avoid it. So what I like to do in the off season when I'm going through like a lean gaining phase is have the athletes have one week of dieting for every three weeks or so of gaining. That way for every month, you're only dieting one week versus every month of the off season dieting for one month of the off season adding to your cutting. Because then in the end of the year, you're going to end up with, uh, you know, nine, uh, eight to nine months of of cutting or of um, gaining and then four months of cutting if you could keep it in check and accumulative wise you're putting on way more muscle even though you might be making a little bit of sacrifice in the in the, the month because you're not maximizing your pure gains because you're eating you're gaining extra body fat to to make sure every calories hit every single day to get the most out of your gains 
you're getting more long-term, more time accumulated growing, if that makes sense. So mm. never exchange weeks, a week for week, a day for day. Uh, I don't think it ever makes sense to add prolong your diet just to enjoy food a little bit more versus enjoying life a little bit more, right. you know, being leaner for a lot longer period. So and I think people don't think about that, but there is a price. There is an exchange, you know, so um, in your off season, yeah, you should still be checking in. You should still be keeping it in check and, and making sure you're not unnecessarily gaining body fat and making your in season harder. Yeah. And like the balance word, I'm really starting to hate that word so That's much. Right. Because balance, a lot of people think it means um, in-season go 100% diet, hardcore, and then when you're off-season eat whatever. That's not balance. Balance is kind of like a little more in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little more of that, the way I see it, a little more of that gray area, you know? Like, I'm still eating healthy a little more uh, calories than usual in the off-season, still keeping it in check versus a little bit tighter in the contest prep phase. But man, people really abuse that word and they use that as an excuse to go like crazy and backtrack so much in the off season. I hate to see it. Yeah. Isn't that the exact, like you have the exact definition there, balances in the middle. Isn't that what you look at like the, is it like the Liberty lady who was holding those, mm -hmm. that scale? Oh the, yeah. The, the middle is balanced. Yeah. You got just yeah. Yeah. Prep hard, <laughs> yeah. dying, gating hard, you know, it's, it should be uncomfortable and it, you know, with. When you're doing any sport, and that's, I don't like the term balance. I don't like the term off season because this sport, you just can't really take an off season. It's not really that sport, you know? Uh, there's other sports, and I think that word, the verbiage of that is really bad. You know, I think there's other sports where you, of course, you have an off season. You have baseball, it goes for X amount of months a year, and then you have four months where there's like no baseball, right? That makes sense. But our sport, yeah, there's no competitions for, you know, December through March, kind of. Um, but you're still, working on your body you're still you know eating right working out every single day you're never just not working out it's like you're just oh we're not playing our sport but it's not working out for four months like no one really does that so um it's just this sport isn't going to be the most balanced sport in terms of that you're not going to have a true off season and if you're trying to excel it is going to take an accumulative long time of you eating clean and you living the bodybuilding brand you know so um yeah, I would like to get those words, <laughs> those words out. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. The the balance one, most abused word mm -hmm. that there is. People eating a whole pizza after a show, balanced, like finally balanced, like living my best life. And I'm like, <laughs> you right now, yes. When you're dieting with two hours of cardio and 800 calories, let's talk. Let's talk about your best life. <laughs> yeah. Was the pizza worth it then? You know, was the the extra eating then? So. I think most of those girls when they're in it are like, no, <laughs> like, I don't think I do. Can you imagine being in like minute? What is that? Minute 110 day, day seven on the treadmill, 800 calories and be like, man, that pizza was really worth this. Like, that was, <laughs> is anyone, is anyone saying that? Like at that minute, 110, man, that was really good cookie. Oh, so I, I will do that again for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure just in that five minutes they were eating it, it was, they thought it was good. It's so and then fast. it's like, I know it's just life is not fair. The amount of effort it takes to burn off foods versus eat the high, high calorie dense foods. It's not fair. It takes <laughs> so much more effort to get rid of it than it is to like enjoy it for five minutes. I don't know. It's, it's not unfair out there. <laughs> Life's unfair. <laughs> oh, so we have anything, anything else you guys want to hear about in the off season where you're getting some nice comments. Yes. Thanks for the, thanks for the comment. Biceps doing great. The tendon's not so great, but the bicep's doing pretty good. I'm healing all right. 
thank you for the thank you for the question here. And um, yeah, we had another one that we did. That was the one disappointed we talked about. Princess me was the one disappointed person who didn't see us last week. Where we said we disappointed one person. Oh, it was her. Sorry. <laughs> so so sorry. yeah. So anything else? We Although need to cover? we did put a disclaimer, you might not see That's us next true. week. That's so true. Maybe they didn't hear. <laughs> anything else you think we, we missed on the off season part of it so there's a little bit more freedom so there, there is balance because you have more freedom within your your choosing even someone like ashley who's super dedicated has fluctuations in the carbs and macros as long as she's hitting her proteins mm -hmm. with the calorie threshold which i think is a great option um i'm a fan of that too even with my uh, clients either they're gonna have like a free meal per week in the yeah. off season or they're gonna fluctuate but hit the calories is the most important thing um and, and hit those proteins exactly you did that perfectly right so um yeah there is i think that is balance i think that would be the definition of balance like you're right in the middle you're kind of choosing foods that you want to eat mm -hmm. you're fluctuating with carbs and proteins you're sticking to a calorie limit um you're having a little bit of freedom um yeah i mm -hmm. think that is the definition of there trying all my my protein bars that i've been harvesting you're such a protein bar. <laughs> i love protein bars. you guys don't know ashley <laughs> is like if there's an equivalent of like a snooty wine drinking person who's like, you know, <laughs> Ashley's that with protein bars, but not oh, snooty. <laughs> I, love like, I I could see you one day. You know how people have these giant wine cellars? Like one day, like oh. Ashley has this giant protein bar cell with like a pro a monthly program of different protein bars. They should have that, like a monthly yeah. protein bar from all the different protein bars. Maybe they do. Maybe they do need to research. If they do, can you guys send a sponsorship of that? <laughs> Ash, she'll take full advantage of that. Oh, she loves the protein bars. What's your, what's on your, uh, what's your favorite ones right now? So these guys know. Oh, I have been liking this one vegan protein bar called fit Two brands, vegan protein bar. They've actually been out of stock the last month. So hopefully they restock soon, but they make like a peanut butter chocolate chip flavor and a vanilla almond flavor it's so good so good right now i, I like, love it i like the protein brownies right now the, i gotta figure out which one they're red and white mm. labels you probably know them. i don't know the, the uh eat me goat for yeah that's it that's the ones there it is you know what i really miss remember those um swedish fish they used yeah. to have they changed the formula though. they did they did change it, it has like more like actual carbs in it now yeah why would you change it for worse that was know. it was it perfect take, i think because it, it, it tasted tastes now closer to the actual swedish fish whereas it used to taste like a different texture i like the different texture yeah me though. too i, I stopped eating it. i was too. really I disappointed they stopped making like that yeah so uh, maybe they'll make another brand that comes out but there was a lot of i think there was a, probably too much fiber for people too right it was a lot of fiber. Yeah. <laughs> and I would eat those. So there was like, how much fiber was in those? It was like, like, it was like all fiber. It was like in the teens, right? High teens. Oh yeah. I might've been twenties. Yeah. I think it was actually in the twenties. Was It might've been hot. Huh? I would eat like two packs of that. I was like, I probably should. It's <laughs> like 50 grams of fiber. <laughs> so, okay. Now switching gears to in season, the differences of in season dieting. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you know what? Actually we have, we do have a question from Tiffany. Let's go ahead okay. and go into that question. Um, this is a hard question to answer. So you said, so what would be considered too much protein? I've seen some bikini girls around 120 grams and eat and others closer to 190. Um, that is actually a great question. So there's, it's going to be a really hard one to answer because too much protein is really per kind of per person. Protein is still one of the best macronutrients and most coaches are going to overshoot protein. Um, I overshoot protein myself. So technically speaking, like if you're really breaking it down, the amount of protein someone actually needs 
that's like a studied amount is 0.8 grams per kilogram of weight, which is not much at all. So if you do, let's just divide it by, to make it easy, let's say Ashley's 120 pounds, right? Um, technically, she'd need like 60 grams, right? Is that going to be optimal for muscle building in someone in her scenario? Probably not, but she could kind of get it away. Um, I have a friend in Denver who's a men's physique pro named Jason, and he has kidney issues, and he can only eat fish. He can only eat, like, that's all he can eat because his kidney had so many kidney stones. Um, and so he can only eat fish, um, and he eats, like, I think he said he can eat one thing a week, like a, it's like a, a hard chicken breast or, like, a, a burger, and he just has, like, one thing a week to for his kidneys. And he also has to eat very light protein, but he's a professional bodybuilder, right? He's a professional men's physique guy. So yeah, you, technically he's, he's proving it. I, I, I don't want to, don't quote me, but I think that sebum has something with his proteins too. I think they're a little lighter than normal, what you'd expect for someone with him with, with his stuff that he has. So, um, but I do know for sure, Jason, and he's a, a great competitor. So yeah, you can eat less. Now the, the real question is, um, how much will hurt you? And that's going to be different per person. If you are Jason, you know, obviously 200 grand, he's like, I don't know what he's probably 240, 230 in the off season. If he did one gram per pound, that would probably hurt him. But if you're me, one gram per pound doesn't hurt me at all. So that's going to be kind of the, the dictating factor. I could have two grams per day and have very little elevation in like my ALT, AST, creatinine, um, all the, all the markers that would kind of show where you're having, where it's, where it's hurting you. And the only way to fully know is going to be if you're running labs, but for the most part, if you're doing one to one and a half grams per pound, it's not hurting most people and not having any negative impacts on most people. So, um, but the only way to know for sure is that now, why would you want to overshoot protein? Why do I overshoot protein? Um, the reason is, is I want to make sure that we're getting in enough. I don't want to just barely hit the limits because what if one day we're giving Ashley 60 grams of protein? What if she worked legs really hard and that day her body could absorb 85? Why do I not have 85 available to her, right? So yeah, we'll overshoot. Um, we'll overshoot, and the odds are nothing's happening. We we do we we all run health checks here. There's nothing happening with anything negative with her eating too much protein or anything like that. And um, the other thing is, protein is really satiating. It's one of the most satiating macronutrients. It's it sits in you for a while. It's it's heavy. Um, takes up good amount of volume. It's very filling. So why not overshoot that one? And protein is really hard to store as body fat. It's one of the lower it's the lowest macronutrient in terms of conversion of stored body fat. So every macronutrient has a net conversion of potential storing of body fat. If, if I want to word that, if I worded that right. So for example, fat, a very high percentage of fat can be stored as fat. It's different for every person, how they digest things, but the estimated amount is 98 calories per 100 calories of fat can be stored as fat. Now, protein can be as low as in the high 60s to low 70s, depending on how your body works, of course, of how much you could store as fat. So 100 calories from protein is going to be a different from 100 calories from fat in the body in terms of the storing it as fat potential. So the, the, the net risk of it is a lot lower, too. So that's why I'll overshoot protein. One, it makes you full. And two, it's hard to store as fat. So why not? If it's not hurting someone, why wouldn't I overshoot it? And it gives you all the muscle building potential of amino acids, having them there the whole time. So why not overshoot it? You know, that's, there you go. That's a, that's a good thing. And that's why we would, why we would do that. So that was a fun one. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, um, in season stuff, right. In season. So I think the biggest thing with in season is it should be a little more consistent, you know, 
Whereas uh, sometimes in the off season, I'm a little more loosey goosey, you know, well, you know, I'm not going to weigh it that much or, you know, whatever, kind of use more condiments, things like that. I do like to be a little more consistent in the in season because I'm looking for, uh, let's say if I'm prepping, I'm looking for maybe one pound of fat loss a week. Right. So I think being more consistent is better in general than, you know, the more variety, more flexibility that you would have in the off season. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really, that was like the perfect thing to say because that flowed perfectly off of the thing I was talking about with net calories. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. That's the macro thing that we, people don't understand. And it's a frustrating thing because you can argue it both ways. And I understand I can argue my argument that I'm going to say right now. So I just talked about like net calorie, like storage potential as body fat. Right. So when we talk about calories and you talk to like macro people, you look at the, when they put food on the plate, they say, oh, well, this carb is the same as that carb. There's no difference because they're both 60 carbs. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. There's no arguing that they're both 60 carbs. The difference is though of digestion and calories available is different. So that's why it matters. So if you eat, let's say 60 carbs from just to make an extreme example, 60 carbs from broccoli, and you ate 60 carbs from, let's say this was pure sugar. It's not, it's sugar-free, but let's say it was pure sugar, orange juice, whatever, right? Well, my body is going to be able to use all 60 of those carbs is in sugar and use all of them. And it's going to pass right through. I'm going to basically use all of them. So we talk about, um, we talk about basically how many calories the body uses to digest food. That's going to be different than calories on a plate. But the problem is the macro people will just argue oh no, it's 60 carbs. 60 carbs are 60 carbs and 60 carbs, right? That's all they ever say. I'm like, no, 60 carbs from broccoli is, and it's, let's say 60 carbs is, is 240 calories. The amount of calories going to take to digest that is going to be, let's say just to make easy numbers, it's not half, but let's say it's, it's like more like 70 ish percent. Let's say it's half just for simple numbers. So it's 120 calories. So I'm getting in 120 calories from the broccoli of 240 versus all 240 calories from this. And then you start accumulating that throughout the day because you, you're macro dieting and you're fluctuating not only on your um, not only on your your calories a little bit more because it's hard to be precise as a macro dieter. You're always going to have more fluctuation in your reported calories than you are in um, like eating the same thing every day. But you're also going to have different amount of net calories after the body's done its digestion, right? And everyone digests differently. So you're going to have, it's a different, it's a different thing. There's the, so macro dieting in terms of contest prep because of that fluctuation. And because you got to understand the coach is working off of these percentages of like 10 to 15%, you know, like in terms of like an adjustment, it's like, we're gonna make an adjustment. It's probably gonna be 5%, 10%, 15% adjustment. How am I going to make a 10% adjustment on someone's diet when their diet's off by just the way they're eating their foods alone by more than 30%. Mm -hmm. How am I getting actual data there? Right. I'm just cutting calories and hoping that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm not a fan of the, I guess I'll say extreme macro dieting or full IFYM dieting where people are just throwing all these different foods all the time because they want to live their best life. Uh, and I'm like, Hey guys, sorry. Like prep isn't supposed to be easy and comfortable and convenient. It's not designed that way. Right. No sport at the top level is, you know, I don't know why they try to turn our sport into that. Yeah. There's still <laughs> that like carryover of health and fitness. And I think that people don't understand that this you get into this sport for health and fitness, but when you get to the level of this being a sport, it's no longer health and fitness. It is extreme physique competition. It's not, it's not meant for convenience and fun and balance. Like it is fun. 
and you can be as balanced as possible, but it's not going to be like, it's just like every sport. It's going to be hard, you know, yeah. at the top. You know? I think it's because our spread, our, our, our spread, <laughs> our sport. She just started prep guys. The carbs are getting, <laughs> our sport breeds people that weren't like collegiate athletes sometimes because you can start this later in life. You get the people that's like, yeah, I haven't really worked out before, but then I found this sport and wanted to try, or I've only done, you know, yoga before, uh, training for a bikini. So this kind of idea that you can start this later in life. Whereas like, if you're a gymnast, for example, you better be starting when you're like four years old yeah. or track, you better be starting when you're in middle school or high school. So I think with that, it kind they still tried to bring that, oh, but, you know, this is normal people, healthy stuff, you know, and it's great to have the health and fitness in mind. And of course, with this, you're going to learn things about your body and health and fitness that you never knew before. But at the same time, it, there's still a level of being extreme to it, which yeah. people don't grasp that idea. And, it, you know, I was a collegiate track athlete, so I get it. And People get pissed off when I say this. Sorry, this sport is easy compared to track, in yeah. my opinion. In my opinion. This is a breeze. Yeah, compared to wrestling, I would say the same thing. This is a breeze. And yeah. I get to do it on my own time and my own will. Whereas in track, it's like, nope, you got to show up to practice at this time. You're doing this, 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 whether you like it or not. Now I have freedom of like, oh, I can do cardio whenever. Or maybe not at all if I don't want to. <laughs> or you know what I mean? Or yeah. I don't feel like training right now. I'll train later. It's to me, in my opinion, easier. So I think that's why they still try to, you know, have the mindset of like, oh, health and fitness, normal health and like Women's World Magazine health and fitness. Mainstream health and fitness. So I think that's where we get that. But uh, yeah, as I and I wanted to mention too, as I get closer to show, I'll be more consistent with my food sources. Right. So I don't. You know, I'm kind of picky eater anyway, so it's not like one day I'm going to eat chicken, the next uh, day beef and the next fish. I am really picky anyway. So I basically like just chicken and muscle egg and, and Greek yogurt and protein and protein bars and stuff like that. But as I get closer to a show, I'll even start to get more like strict with even my protein bars. Like, you know, Instead of like, oh, I get to choose which protein bar I want. This protein bar has 220 calories. This one has 180. I will stick with like the same one. Okay. For here on out, I'm doing 180 protein bar. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Rather than, oh, today's this protein bar and the next one is a 230 and then the next one. So I do try to keep the consistency just so I can, um, you know, kind of track my calories a little bit better. But also as you get closer to show you'll notice that like some foods are going to have a different reaction with your body. You might find, oh, well, when I eat this source of carbs, I get a little more bloated. Or when I eat this, I get a little, like my digestion's a little bit better. So you'll learn things about your body. And the closer you are to a show, it's better to stick with the ones that are more easy on your tummy, you know? Maybe uh, that's something that you'll discover throughout the prep, but it's best to stick with the ones that are easier on your digestion as you get closer yeah and especially as you get closer to the show like kind of trying it a little bit more too seeing what carbs work yes. best for you um you know you have um so kimber my wife um she's is like the only person i've ever seen who 
can't do rice at all. Like it's crazy. And I used to like, I was like, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause she's like, eats all these different carb sources to, to load and stuff. And I'm like, sure you're sensitive to rice. I'm like, like I'm thinking, oh, she just likes eating these other things. I didn't care, whatever. Right. And then we started doing sushi together and she'd gain like four pounds the next day. Like she'd be bloated for three, four days holding water. Like we'll, we'll still go to sushi and she'll no, like the next few days she'll be bloated, right? And it's like that doesn't make sense. She's just eating rice, like right. who doesn't digest rice, right? You know, so no sushi the the month of a contest, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it, it, it and it also messes it'll mess with her too because she yeah. looks totally different the yeah. next day, you know. So, but who can't do rice, right? So you got to figure these things out um, when you're when you're getting ready for shows and in your off season and and you know maybe you're trying potatoes for one week as your carb and trying rice for one week as your carb, whatever. But you're finding out what your body works well with. That was another question that was at the seminar yesterday was what carb sources do you guys use to, to load for your shows? And it's, it's whatever works for that person. So, you know, you're not going to give uh, Kimber rice. You're not going to give, you know, Ashley a bunch of cereal, which is what sometimes what, what uh, Kimber does. You know? So like it's, it's, it's different for everyone. So, yeah. And it can also apply to fats or proteins or anything, 100%, or even yeah. like maybe, uh, a beverage with your uh, sweetener. Some people are really sensitive to certain sweeteners. Yeah. I know I tend to not do as well with like allulose. Um, some of it makes you a little bloated and gassy, but like stevia is pretty much safe for everyone. I think that, and no one has a problem with that, but some people are sensitive to aspartame or sucralose or whatever. So something to keep in mind as you get closer to be more consistent with the sources that you're eating and stick with the ones that are, work best for you. And be more consistent with your water consumption too, because, you know, in the off season, I'm not going to lie. I don't really care that much. I don't really pay attention as much to my water consumption, but when I'm in season, I make sure that I get at least a gallon and a half per day, because if you don't do as much one day, it can kind of have a little bit of an effect on you the next day, whether that be like a little fluctuation or whatever the case may be. But I do try to pay more attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So another uh, good question we had come in about this too, which is a good, it's on topic is about the off season. Someone said, so would you say eating the same thing every day, including in the off season is better than macro dieting? Um, what do you do for more of your clients? So, yeah. So technically when we're talking about accumulating data, that would be correct because you're getting precise data. And so what I mean by the precise data is that if Ashley eats, you know, a hundred grams of carbs from rice, 150 grams of, of protein from chicken, and let's say whatever, 50 grams of fat from flaxseed oil. And she does, that's all she ever does in the off season. My data will be absolutely precise because I know even if the flux, even if the calories at the end of the day are, are um, a little bit off of what I think they are on the meal plan and they're just a tiny bit off, I'll still have the data from what she's eating every single day with accuracy, with thermic effect of food, taking into account how she digests the food and how many calories are left over with her current workouts, all that. So yes, that is precise data, but that one's not realistic. I don't think in the off season for everyone, but yes, technically it would be better. I would have the data would be precise, but I don't think it's worth the sacrifice in the off season of a few, you know, let's say a 10% fluctuation. Cause you got to remember someone like Ashley isn't doing pop tarts, orange juice, and like really throwing things off. She's doing a protein bar for her carb. I mean, what would be a, another crazy carb source for you versus rice? And I like rice crackers. I like crackers, graham crackers. Okay. I like so, crackers. Yes. Crackers are good. <laughs> and tortillas. Sometimes I like to just like snack on them, like rip them off and like snack on them. 
about cheese, you know. Okay. So, so no, but it's nothing, <laughs> nothing's like crazy, crazy where it's right. huge. It's not like, you know, orange juice and things like that. So there's slight fluctuations in that reporting, but it's not huge. And in the off season, I think that that's perfectly fine. Um, I think that is your time for balance. And I think when we talk about balance, that is balance. You know, I think that is, that is the balance, having those things that are still fun, um, keeping within your ranges, keeping within your calorie ranges, having your fun things here and there, not, you know, not every single meal. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And so I would say we have, cause you have to weigh out the longevity of it too. You have to weigh out. So there's the robot who's that super dedicated girl who I hope stays around forever like that. But honestly, more times than not, they burn themselves out being a robot. Yes. Um, and then you have the girl who just, who's balanced, right? Who says she's balanced, quote balanced, um, who blows up in the off season and gains 30, 40 pounds every time in the off season. And she has to prep so hard that she doesn't last long either because every time she preps, it's like a, her whole world's turned upside down because, and then, you know, she can't, she can't prep any other way. She knows nothing besides that being prepped. And one day that girl also says it's not worth it. So yeah, the, the middle of those two is the girls that you get that are going to be like Ashley that has a little bit of fun in the off season, but no crazy fun with her food, but she sticks around. It's not too crazy of a sacrifice. And the shift of going from off season to in season really isn't that dramatic. It's not like a, such a, like she's so deprived now, you know, it's not this huge shift. So that's the longevity of it. I don't think either extreme is going to be the best for longevity. So there you go on, on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. But you can also during the time discover which foods you're sensitive to or not, if you do a little exploring too. So yeah. there's something there. If you want to do a little exploration and see what kind of carbs are, are good for you and sent or you're sensitive to or not, I guess that's another plus. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And then you can look at, you know, like food volumes and stuff too. Like when I was competing, I did pretty good with potato, but like the volume of the food would really sit, like it would make my oh, stomach yeah. more distended. Yeah. So, but I wasn't bloated. I was just like, I was just like bigger. Like it right. was like, yeah, it was like, I was like protruding, you know? Yes. And I was like, yeah, that's not for me, you know, cause I did it once and it just didn't work for me. So, um, but I wasn't like holding water. It's just, just volume wise just sat in me. So, um, yeah. So there's just different things that you could look at when you're, when you're getting ready for shows. So, um, any, what else did I miss in the in season? Anything else we should cover in season wise? You guys got questions. Now would be the time to drop them in there. I think there's a few good questions. Yeah. Which one am I missing here? Um, some of them are more comments than questions. Yeah. yeah. I think, let's see. Oh, the egg one. Yeah. So for some people said, she said my body, uh, and honestly this one, here it says my body can't normally handle eggs except for during peak week. I don't, I still don't understand it. I would say if your body doesn't do very good with eggs, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't introduce them in peak week. Um, I would just avoid them in, in general. Um, if your body doesn't usually do good with eggs, that's generally not the time you want to introduce anything that you know you're a little sensitive to. And the reason that you're probably not seeing anything on your body as much during peak week is because that you're in such good shape during peak week that you're just not seeing it. it doesn't mean you can't be even better shape if you didn't introduce these things. So what I say during peak week is keep foods like simple, stupid and keep foods all to foods that you can digest. and You know, you can digest well, um, whatever that is for you. But I try to avoid even the possibility of a food not being good. And some people are sensitive to eggs. Some people are sensitive to dairy. That's when I'll kind of cut those things, even though it's probably not necessary. I'll cut a whole, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. And, um, just to avoid any possible, you know, water retention, you hope if, if everything's 1% better, if your 
1% better by not having eggs and 1% better by not having whatever sauce that you have that's like this special sugar-free sauce and 1% better from whatever, like that's 3% better. That could be the difference between first and second. So yeah, it's five days or so of peak week, four days, honestly, really like really peak week. And it's worst case scenario, it, it, it's bland, but worst case scenario, you're it's probably good for you to clean that out of you once in a while anyway. So I say worst case scenario, you ate like our ancestors did for four days. How hard is that really? You know, just clean it up. So I'll try to avoid things, just keep things simple um, during during that peak week, no matter, you know, what my past is on that. So good advice. Good there you advice. go. Yeah. Um, so in season stuff, anything else we should get in? No, just more consistency, I think is key. Yeah. Being aware of everything that goes in your body, um, being less um generous with condiments sometimes we tend to lay on the condiments even if it's like a low calorie condiment yeah. in the off season like whatever you know and i do that too but in season i'm like a little bit i bought a little closer like yeah you know be a little more yeah. careful and i try not to snack as much you know in the season because <laughs> yeah. those little those little snacks they add up You're, even yeah. if they're just a little pick sneaky snack sneaky snacker yeah i'm a <laughs> i'm a ketchuper is what i am oh a i'm a ketchuper i'm a ketchuper yeah but the salter is not a big deal but the ketchuper is a, mm. it's a it's a it's a bit out of control yeah, <laughs> yeah so there's also low calorie ketchup yeah so. i use those I, I use those in high amounts i'll go oh, through okay. a bottle of low calorie I've, it's it's embarrassing how much ketchup i use yeah yeah it's quite a quite a lot so Add up. <laughs> i would have to i would have to count mine in my calories if i was prepping it so much on the on the sugar-free well, good thing you're not yes so, yes so living the fit person life all right guys so i think with that we got it all covered yes. um on the in-season stuff we can always you know jump in the comments if you're seeing this late and we can always do this revisit this again there's gonna be a lot of prep stuff happening soon yeah a lot a of excitement yeah ashley is gonna be active this year i'm gonna be active. No way. i'm gonna be at a lot of shows this year yeah we're going to be active this year. That's like, crazy. On the competition. I think, <laughs> I think people were just expecting me to sit this one back this yeah, whole year. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few just girls. watch. A few girls hoping for it. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a fun year, guys. I think there's going to be a lot of good stories this year. I'm excited. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be traveling a lot, a lot, a lot this year. Weekends are going to be. Same. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So uh, hopefully we'll see you guys. There's going to be a whole bunch of posing seminars. Look for Ashley. And uh, I love your shirt, Ashley. Yes, this uh, this podcast brought to you by Nebbia. Nebbia in the house. Thank you, guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.